Do we... And then when Jon Snow said, "Oh, whoa!" <laughs> um, actually, God, the series will be done by the time this one comes out. Well, That's really? a good point. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I thought your strategy of uh, asking people when spoilers are allowed was, was everyone was, is yelling oh, at me. Everybody's got their opinions. <laughs> oh shit! And Mine was once it's aired. I don't think I sent it to you because I was just flicking through. But once it's aired around the world, I think it's fair game. Over a billion people, if you include pirating people, one point two billion people watch the show, and it's like, look, man, there's too much going on in the world for me to think about when you're happy that I can talk about Game of Thrones. Am I? Can I talk about Independence Day now? Is that okay? Like, is yeah, it, well, I, 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 I liked I liked the one guy who said, you know, a week after the airing of the episode. When the next episode is out, it is okay to talk about the previous episode. No, no, no. Don't, don't go on social media then. That's it, my thing. Yeah, that that, that was Mika's thing too. And she was like super angry about it. Um, but I'm like, you know what? Honestly, when it comes to spoilers, I have no problem in a room with everybody. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But when is it okay to post it? Because that stuff's going to get up there. It's going to end up in searches that you don't mean it to. And there's always BuzzFeed the, is going to steal it and post it. Yeah, right? there's like, always the creep, like... People will like the meme, the hint, like you had to have been there to see it, and then it just creeps a bit more, creeps a bit more. Then there's like a little spoiler. The, there's something it out. I have yeah. not seen, and by the time this airs, I could I could probably say this. I haven't seen Endgame yet, and this picture of a rat keeps on popping up on my feed, and I'm mm. like, I don't care, and I'm moving through it. I know I a rat plays in it's in some way, shape, or form. Raccoon, you fool! <laughs> Bradley Cooper, God bless him. The man is he's a national treasure. Yeah. <laughs> He's a, an international treasure. I, I, I'd say international. Yeah. Is he ours? Multimedia. He's not ours. No, no. He's, he's American through and through, man. Huh. That's too bad. But he's so nice. And he's rarely loud or crass. I don't, have you seen the Hangover movies? No, I guess. Yeah, he yeah, is yeah. both loud and crass in those movies. Yeah, he is. That's phenomenal. Okay, we should actually do a real cold open. Oh. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> well, this is the cold oh, open. Is it? Okay. Because I, I really open. thought we, we can were start. BSing. We can Anything start. that is Game of Thrones is. is uh, it's relevant though right? what we're discussing because today are you ready I'm going to start are you sitting comfortably then I'll begin no these chairs suck ass today we're going to discuss Mine literally sucks ass continue <laughs> every time today we're going to discuss dungeon mastery stealing ideas and Slight of Brand. I'm just reading this for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I like, yeah, I, I'm just, I I'm just loving that pun. little R you're sneaking into ideas. Oh my that God. R that you snuck in there. The, which R? You said stealing ideas. And I was like, oh. Ideas? Ideas. Ideas? How do you say it? Ideas. ideas. It, it rhymes with That's it, the one you it, it rhymes with Adidas. <laughs> that's my, not helpful okay where I come from in England we actually say Adidas but we're not gonna we're, I swear to God what's wrong with your eyes? I swear to God and I, I remember coming to North America I don't know man but that one I know is wrong and everyone's like Adidas like as you guys speak like do you like Adidas and I'm like I don't know is that a new app like is that like Bumble or something anyway okay I, I, I had a friend who moved over from South Africa and got no end of mockery because he's like you guys wanna go and get some pizza and we're like, what the hell is pizza? Makes no sense to us. He's like, you know, wedges with bread with sauce and cheese. Oh, pizza? I love it. Yeah, we I can go get stuff. some pizza. But then Trevor Noah had a great point as well where he was like, you can't just decide that it's called a zebra. It's our animal. And we say it's called a zebra. You can't like, <laughs> just decide that it's called something else. Thanks, America. Anyway, roll the music. Welcome to It's a Mimic with your DMs, Adam, Dan, and Terry. That was the sloppiest cold open. And we're back. Nobody's talking about it. It's because 
It's because David on the auto queue over here is not winding it on fast enough. Wind faster, David. Yeah, fuck you, David. Come You're lucky on. to be here. Okay? We can get someone else to work 13 hours a day for a free internship for a Canadian university. And shave that goddamn beard, David. Shave that beard. I don't care if you shaved 20 minutes ago. I'm chop off that man bun, too. Oh. No, my brother's name is, is <laughs> my brother's name is David, and he listened to the podcast. Oh, okay. So I, <laughs> shave your face, you damn hippie. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> oh, we're terrible at this. We're terrible at this. We might have to edit some of this. All right, guys. You ready to go? So, topic one. Let's talk inspirations. Where do we get our di- ideas from with regards to homebrew campaign settings, overarching plots, plots, uh, central conflicts, plot hooks, NPCs. Pretty much whatever you guys want to talk about with regards to homebrewing and stealing ideas, we can roll for. Four. And four, you can just go four. Four. Ah, four. See, I'm being assimilated. And then we'll just go from there. Are you okay. ready? Sounds you guys good. have your dice? Yep. yep. Let's go. 19. And in the trend and the mind-boggling consistency, the DM goes first. Yep. Uh, which is me. So you guys don't get to speak today at all. My episode. Do you know where I take? Because I find that there's only so many story ideas in the world, really, before people can say... Oh, well, that's just like a high fantasy. You know, that, that, that's actually a theory in, in English literature. Where Shakespeare wrote every potential plot line that exists. Yeah. And everything else is just a ripoff of one of his stories. Yeah, because you can only go so far. Yeah. So what I like to do, actually, is go back for older movies. I'm not talking like Breakfast at Tiffany's. I'm talking like The Jackal with Richard Gere and Bruce Willis or something. You mean the late 90s? You mean the stuff that I grew up... Oh, man, I'm so old. No, you're like about 20 minutes older than me, I so did- that's fine. I'm the youthful one here, but in my other circles, I'm the oldest one. I hate that. <laughs> I'm just saying, so wait, wait, when you said old movies and you bring up The Jackal, you mean The Jackal as a newer movie than Breakfast at Tiffany's, which is a far older movie. Yeah, so okay, I, would, okay, I wouldn't yeah. go that far back. Well, maybe for some Well, why not? I mean, you could go that far back for like Barbarella and stuff like that for, well, I guess for you could, your yeah. Really? I went, I went like Romancing the Stone. I went Lawrence of Arabia. I have yeah. a character that is a Barbarella. But basically, can you blame me? <laughs> what I would do is essentially steal a plot idea and then reskin it for how it's going to work in my campaign and try not to make it so obvious. But uh, I, I find that taken from an old movie as opposed to like The Avengers, for example, Endgame, now available in theaters, um, or maybe it's not now, I don't know, um, It's you're going to get away with that a little bit more. Because you understand that there's only so many uh, story arcs out there. you got to take inspiration from things that haven't been seen in a little while. The 90s TV show Hercules or Xena Warrior Princess, for example. Oh, my God. And and didn't Bruce Campbell have a very short-lived two-season? Did one? he? Yeah. yeah. Was, Maybe yeah. he did, but I didn't realize world. it was him yeah, because I was watching it, him when I was younger. It was in the As same... Joxer? Is that who he was? No. That was, that was the other Raimi brother. I have no idea. It was, was so it long one? ago, but... I didn't know there was the first one. <laughs> I didn't know that there were any Raimis. <laughs> <laughs> so his first name or his last name? Uh, there's Sam and something else Raimi. The, the, there's there's Ivan and there's at least one of Ted. Ted. Ted? Ted. Is Ted, yep, yep. I think they're like Baldwins. You're not exactly sure how many there is of them. No, it really throws me the off. Uh, the Baldwin who plays Jane is not... Adam Baldwin? Adam Baldwin is not part of the Baldwin clan. Now he says plays Jane like he knows. he expects everyone to know that he's talking about Firefly. If you're listening okay. to a Dungeons and Dragons podcast, you probably know. Like, that's the same demographic. I find that, like, the older they get, the more they look like they're melting with the Baldwins. But actually, I'm not yep. sure which order they go in, to be no. honest. I, How? Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, back on top. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So I take my plot ideas from Alec Baldwin, anything that Alec Baldwin's been in, uh, and then I reskin it 
and uh, and then I go from there. I find yeah. that's an easy way to do it. Uh, for me, what I, I I like to play into the tropes. Um, so I like having I like hitting those points that everyone is expecting. Um, I'm I'm currently uh, by the time everyone's listening to this, we're engaged in the campaign, but I'm currently building a campaign world that. Um, is very actively chasing certain tropes. Like the guy who runs the bank is this very, you know, order-based, uh, militaristic almost, mm-hmm. very like, I I keep on thinking like sharp angles to this guy. Right. Like that's who this guy is. And you know the voice. He's got that very like, you know, nasally, high-pitched British, like high-end British voice. That is just he Sorry, just. Did you say nasally and, and British? Yes, together? yeah, yeah, nasally and British. So uh, I I can't do it now because I'm prepping it. We don't. But we speak from the front of our mouths. You speak from the back of your mouth. We like we go from our lips. But you guys are like back here, like right, like at the back. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. Just hold on a minute there. Hold <laughs> on a minute. <laughs> don't you know? Uh, anyways, no. But uh, so I, I like I like hitting the trope. So there is a frontier world that I'm calling Carson. That is going to be very based off the Wild West. There's a wild jungle area that is very based off Chult, and we'll have monkeys and dinosaurs and various other things. Didn't that you just say Wild West, and now we're dealing with monkeys and dinosaurs. I've I've moved on from the Wild West. Okay, trope. Right. but like the Wild West trope has prospectors mm-hmm. and uh, single road towns with old style saloons and stuffs in them. Um, th- like I, I I'm trying to hit these tropes very specifically because I engage and devour quite a lot of media and i want to put most of that in so game of thrones by the record by the time this is released is done i'm pulling the fact that there is uh spoiler alert dragons dragon prophecy in in my world Mm. currently dragons are all gone and i'm stealing that straight from uh game of thrones Mm. okay so you said that you lean right into the tropes though and i gotta ask you before i give my answer i gotta ask where are you getting these tropes from? Because there are different tropes for different things. There are tropes for sci-fi. There's tropes for fantasy. There's tropes for fairy tales. Like, there are different kinds of tropes. Which ones are you grabbing I'm, from? I'm, I'm focusing on the fantasy, high fantasy, uh, those tropes. Yeah. And then I'm expanding into things like uh, sci-fi and pulling in, you know, these objects of high technology that people are discovering the abilities of as time progresses, like those kind of things. I'm, I'm pulling those in uh, an alien invasion. I have planned loosely. So like it, things like that. Uh, I feel it, like an alien invasion needs to be planned quite heavily. Well, uh, I've, I've <laughs> said, Otherwise it's called crashing, Dan. They're crashing. You've never, I, seen, I, I, you've never I, seen war of the worlds. <laughs> One guy went, I imagine it's just like ours. No, I'm, 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 I, I've already placed like mind flayers on one of the moons, and eventually they're going to leave the moon and come down. So, like, I'm, I'm planning these things out, and I'm, that's, I'm, I'm pulling from as many sources as I can. I, I, I will take anything in to give anything out, hmm. right? Just for my group. Okay, um, for me, uh, I, I, I move to anthologies more than anything else because a lot of people will remember your overarching storyline of Lord of the Rings or um, even like the Mission Impossible movies. Like you can grab whatever you want for I'm going to do spy and espionage stuff. People are going to, they're going to recognize it. But when you go far enough back, you grab Twilight Zone episodes mm-hmm. or uh, Star Trek episodes. Oh, Twilight Zone, you said. Yeah. I didn't hear the zone. And I like, Twilight, I thought you just yeah. said Twilight for a yeah, second. Yeah. I was like, what are we when doing? When all of my vampires are sparkling in the sunlight. Where are we yeah. going? Okay. Um, all but, of his werewolves lose their shirts. 
<laughs> as is tradition. Right? Yeah. That's his, yeah. That's probably should have happened. I completely understand it. The, the, the point of werewolf and wear shirt. So, um, <laughs> nice. No, but uh, I, I pick like they've got everything that has like the the monster of the week feel to it. Like early seasons of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Supernatural. Yeah, um, uh, yeah early seasons of Supernatural before they got really um, serialized. But even you can go to like Quantum Leap for end. Oh, that stuff. show's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, but every episode is something new. Go to yeah. go to that show, Sliders. Oh right? yeah, Sliders was amazing. And, and I will sit down because I've got just this massive library of of media, and I will sit down. And I will watch the first five minutes of an episode. That that's all I need. That's that's good. Yeah, I like that. And then I will hit another episode. And I will just grab ten or fifteen things that I like and go. All right, which which of these have natural synergy? Yeah. And, and throw them all together. Um, another thing that I really, really, really enjoy doing is legitimizing jokes in campaigns. Yeah, yeah, you do. You like you like adding little uh, um, references. And, oh, yeah, you do uh, that. Hidden little riddles in there that you're just waiting for someone to catch on. Nice. Like, there's been times we drive away from our game on Sundays and Adam will be like, seriously, no one got this thing Think about it, Dan. This thing, and I'd be like, "Oh, yeah." I don't yeah. think I got Saint Declaus for the the longest time during the Christmas game. Yeah, I was like, and you did like your big reveal. I was just like, pause. Like, there's a ridiculous name. I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, there's. Uh, you guys have actually have fought actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf, right? Yes. But I didn't reveal that until after you had fought and killed him, despite the fact that you were walking through the woods by yourself late at night. And he was brandishing a knife. <laughs> yeah, and and you guys actually like there was kung fu fighting uh, against him, but they also uh, were, were you there? For, no, you no, I this. was I was not there. That for was a good. Of, but, that was a good encounter. But there was I mean, the whole world was full of holes because he was in the movie Holes. There were all sorts of um, catapults, whatnot that that stood up and were warforged because they were you fought transformers. Um, there was shit. They, is that what that was? Yeah, they literally <laughs> got a crystal skull. <laughs> like and nobody figured this what, out. What movie is the Crystal Skull from? Um, it was. It's is from. The, um, it's Indiana from a draft. No, no. It's from a draft of a script that no one ever made. Oh, okay, okay. For, for an Indiana Jones just, movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they they denied it because they knew it would be bad. No, right they made it. Right? I watched it no, five times. Terry, they Terry, did, they did not, not make it. This is yes, just like episode. This is episode it. one all what over are you again. Talking it's about? a shit movie. It's my it favorite deserves one. To be shit. It's my favorite one. I watch it. Christmas every year. I watch the Crystal Skull and then I watch the Phantom Menace every year. Why do and, you do this to and, yourself? And then the Dungeons and Dragons movie. <laughs> and then, oh, that's the best one. That's bad. Beholders are not guard dogs. Oh, I hate this. Um, anyway, so yeah, that, but I will go and I will grab from anthologies, and you don't even have to grab it from TV shows with kind of like random um, situation of of the week. You can. Go back even um, and grab from the anthology movies. Like the ABCs of Death, there's some weird body horror stuff you can grab from there. The VHS movies are all about like one one wacky, random, bizarre, horror bullshit thing happened. And if you sit down to watch it, your mind will turn to fuzz mm-hmm. and don't, don't watch it for enjoyment. But sit there and go, wow, I would have done this differently. And then do it differently. Yeah. yeah. Right? Take that and own it and, and make it your own. But anthologies are great because it's, it's a small piece of a puzzle. And people often forget about it. Especially the lesser known versions, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. there we go. 
This episode is brought to you by WildBot3D.com. Condition markers, spell trackers, AOE templates, scatter terrain, and much more. Proudly made in Georgia and personally packaged and shipped worldwide. That's WildBot3D, your home for quality 3D printed tabletop gaming accessories and terrain. Visit WildBot3D.com to purchase your new favorite accessories today. Wildbot3D.com. <laughs> Second of all, I want to talk about reskinning, reflavoring, adapting, and stealing. I got some ideas for this, but first, let's go to a commercial. And we're back. Pick up your dice. Let's do it. What is yours? Yours is a two? You I guess with, I won this time. You won with an eight? <laughs> I actually lost. When we did the wrong one earlier. Yeah, when when, when this weird editing thing happened. When yeah. this weird thing happened, but now we're back. Okay. Uh, so, um, what do I think about stealing ideas? I am, and I'll go on record, I don't care. No one can see my face, I can't prove it was me. I'll go on record saying, I don't give a shit if you steal stuff off the internet. It's the internet. That's what it's there for. If you're putting stuff on the internet, bragging, and you've made it so that I can get it, it's mine, fam. I'm taking it. And I'll try and find a way to get rid of your watermark as well because it's interrupting my game because people are reading your Insta handle. My point is, I don't think it really matters. If, you're, if I'm taking some... It's like, it's like um, buying a pay-per-view and then inviting people around. Like it's, well, you're the thing just is watching like, it in a closed environment. You know? Chances are you're not critical role. Chances are you're not trying well, no, to make money off your game. game. It's a home about, game. I'm Steal it. Use game. it. And I don't. I don't know anybody who doesn't go to Google Images and go half orc barbarian when they've rolled up a half yep. orc barbarian. This is what it looks and like. look for the one flexing the way that they like wielding the great axe. Sure, the way I'll that draw they it. Like. I'll draw it if you want me to, but it's gonna look shit, and you're not even gonna think it's a half orc barbarian. You're gonna think it's the uh, wicked witch from the Wizard of Oz. So, like, but I may as well just pull it from the internet and go. I'm gonna show my five friends who will never, you know, reveal it to anybody. It's not gonna hurt anybody. Here's a village, by the way. Don't worry about where that came from. Um, I, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. I would never claim it to be my own, as in go online and say, hey, I did this, because that's different. Yeah. But if you put it on the internet and I can click save image, I'm going to use it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat, man. Like, I've, I've gone online. It's not your turn. Is it not? No. You rolled a two. This, this, it is known. Oh, okay. It is my turn. I know that you guys will, will agree on all of this. I think we're all going to come from the same place. But I, I want to talk real quick about um, there are really four different ways of stealing. Um, and uh, So there's mugging, there's pickpocketing, yeah, there's... Home invasion. Home invasion, and then white collar, <laughs> like, we're talking top end. Yeah, one percent. That was the Tim yeah. Allen sitcom. That was hilarious. I Man, I've spent so many hours of my life laughing at home invasion. <laughs> no, no, close. No. Close. No, hilarious. No, that... <laughs> when that time when he had that, 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 he had that hammer, that episode where he had that hammer... Wrong again. Okay. You guys always let me go down by myself. Nobody ever jumps on the grenade. When Dan says something, I jump on the grenade. I'm like, I'll go down with you. When I say something, you guys are like, fuck I, I like to, I like to point out there have been many times you've taped a grenade to my chest at the same time. Oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Pushed me out to the walls and be like, hey, there you go, bud. Have fun. All right. So for those for those of you that enjoy are that great, shrapnel in your abdomen. For those of you that listen to a D and D podcast. There are four different Sorry, ways. Alchemist's fire potion. So, 
there are four different ways um, of stealing, um, traditionally speaking. There's reskinning, reflavoring, adapting, and stealing. Okay, and um, reskinning is is really um, straightforward. You mechanically take the exact same thing that is in the player's handbook, or the monster manual, or the DMG, whatever it is, and you change the overall look of it. But mechanically, it's identical. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite reskins, or the thing that I'm working on right now for my next player character, I want to be a food mage. So instead of um, doing uh, like acid splash kind of, he's doing um, hot grease. Hmm. Right, and so it mechanically it's the same, but I've reskinned it, so everything he does has a food aspect. He doesn't hit you with uh, with fairy fire; he hits you with mustard, and so now when you're invisible, they can see you because you're covered in mustard. Right, like it's it's just kind of that kind of like ridiculous <laughs> nonsense. I think he's going to be a lot of fun. I love this guy. You have already. a chef NPC in your campaign. Uh, yeah, I know. That uh, there's that's actually a couple. There's a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh, there's more chefs now. Oh. Yeah, um, but. Uh, so that that's what reskinning. I, he's a wizard, but I, I'm just gonna give him a different flavor. Yeah, a different flavor, right? And so he'll probably be um, uh, still a an evoker, right? But I'm not gonna call it that. He's gonna be a line chef, right? Mm. So I'm just putting different words on the exact same thing. Yeah. So that's one way of, of stealing ideas. That's easy to do with uh, with the standards like the veterans, gladiator, stat blocks, town yeah. guards, and yeah. I think you know I think lots of times newer DMs don't realize they can do that. They're like, oh well, this NPC is doesn't really fall under veteran. I'm not sure if I should do that. Yeah, you know, but, but, uh, like but the re- amount of times I've I've given like the head uh, towns guard the bandit captain. Yeah, and you'll yeah exactly, block. and you'll see it in the modules as well, the printed modules where it's like this uh, this particular NPC uses the gladiator stat block. They're not yeah. a gladiator. It's yeah. just what works best for them. Yeah, ab- absolutely, and it's just. You know, the AC lines up, the multi-attack lines up, the mm-hmm. number of hit points works out, right? Like, why wouldn't you just call it something else? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's reflavoring, which is when you would take your orcs and you go, you know what? Um, uh, I like these orcs, um, but I really need them to be uh, from a desert tribe mm. as opposed to planar or, or not planar, but from the plains. Yeah. Um, uh, P-L-A-I-N-S. Mm. Uh, or from like like the forest or whatnot. I, I need them to be from a harsh volcanic wasteland, right? Mm. So they're going to be orcs and mechanically they're the same. But they're just a little bit more gray or something. The, yeah. Uh, but like their tactics are different. The, they're, they're, yeah. So you, their coming ecology from, is different. They're coming from a different uh, standpoint. And I would maybe if they're coming from the volcanic um, wastelands, and they've been there for generations upon generations. They've got resistance to fire. I've changed one thing, yeah, but, and they're pretty much identical. But there's just this one little thing that I'm going to throw in to make it a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, this would be when my gnomes are all speaking dwarvish, and and there's an in story reason for it. Yeah, but they're not your traditional gnomes, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Then there's uh, adapting. This is what I'm grabbing from previous editions or from Pathfinder. Because there are so many monsters and powers and spells and and abilities and auras. And I miss effects. rack as a spell. I miss what did rack cleric do? spell rack. What did rack do? Rack. Uh, so the flavor of rack is that it causes the. Which person, edition was this? This was three five, yeah. I believe. Um, it might have just been in third edition, and then they removed it for three five. I'm not exactly sure, but it was a it was a cleric spell that uh, was inflict wounds. 
taken to the nth degree. You would like oh, like a torture rack, it, like a torture rack, like it, Spanish would, Inquisition kind of cleric. Is what yeah, we're talking but you about. would yeah. pop out in boils, and they would pop, and you, open boils would appear on your skin, and your skin would crack and peel and separate, and blood would start pouring from random wounds, and you would scream in this excruciating, uh, excruciating pain, and then at the like, and this would last for a number of rounds, and then you'd be fine, hmm. right? You take the damage. But all of the physical effects would have left. Wears off, yeah. Right? And and it's Meanwhile the cleric's like sitting back with his arms holding going, That's a nice rack. Ha <laughs> <laughs> So it's oh, <laughs> it's uh <laughs> hmm, not going there. No, it, like I, I miss these spells. And there's you pull from these all the time. We mentioned in the first mailbag episode these ghouls that aren't really ghouls. They're these translucent humans who's yeah, the, skeletons. The, the Nawonian. The Nawonian things, yeah. Uh, those were in AD&D and have not appeared since. Why not use them, right? Yep, yep absolutely. Um, and then uh, and then the last one is just straight up stealing. Straight stealing. Yeah, where, I mean, I could just straight up steal something from 4th edition. And it's going to have powers that activate once an encounter and then once... What was it? Uh, once an encounter, once a... Once a day? Uh, day. Their encounter, daily utility, and... Free? It's been a long time. It's been a while since but, I played fourth. But anyways, the, I could pull that directly. You guys are not going to know what's happening. This thing's never going to roll with advantage. Yeah. Right. You're never going at to. Will. That's what it was. Well, it was at will. Yeah. Um. Uh. And you're not going to see some of the things that you're used to seeing. Like its immunities are going to be wildly different. It's going to have an aura. Oh, fourth edition was great for auras. If you ever need to make your dragon scarier, just grab a fourth edition aura that they had for an ancient red dragon. So that if you get within 30 feet of it, you are afraid. Hard stop. There's no save on that. It's frightening. So yeah. that's just basically don't what don't play monks and barbarians if you're going to be fighting dragons? Yeah, because you got to get close, right? Yeah. I mean, well, the monk has a sling. Oh, yeah. yeah. The barbarian <laughs> can throw his axe. Um, Once. Yeah. <laughs> Magic item. Um, so... But uh, it'll just end up falling in a sewer and flowing away. But uh, th- there's nothing wrong with with stealing. The my only problem with stealing is um, it's really hard to get the right balance yeah. because it's very different. If you steal directly from Pathfinder, you will now get a monster with a 27 AC hmm. at level 12. Yeah, right. Like it's the math is very different. So you can straight steal it if you want. If you want something that's just like batshit bizarre. If you want to grab something that has come from the outer realms, then yeah, absolutely do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's... uh, I'm a fan of all of those things. I'm also a fan of just straight up building something from scratch. Yeah. Um, And this this doesn't just for your monsters, your environs, your traps, all that. It's also for, like, items, right? Like, one of the things you've done very well in the the, um, campaign we're running right now, Adam, is you've homebrewed these wonderful items that have such great flavor to them. Yeah. And there's no reason why you as a DM out there or even you as a player out there can't create this item and workshop it with your DM or with your player that you want to give it to well, to be this fantastic We can you know, go into the details and items. I don't know if you want to just go around one more lap and we'll talk items instead of yeah, monsters. Yeah, let's... let's, let's, let's uh, I, I, sure, I do want to cover... Let's have his... I do want to cover one thing with monsters. So Dan, um, going last. One of the yeah. things I think... Uh, I'm going to toot my own horn here a little bit. Not in, um, not in front of us. God. Not. Yeah, ah. no. <laughs> Sit there and enjoy it. Enjoy it. <laughs> 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 What's that? Is that a triangle? What was that? 
No, anyways, uh, I started a campaign with a bunch of my guys from um, my guy friends from church, and uh, there was this massive apocalyptic event that happened right at the very beginning of church. No, 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 of of the campaign. Oh. And one of the things I had, well, I, mean, were I guess, these... technically, in order for <laughs> I must have walked. There, 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 there was at fire. least a flood. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but the I I created these monsters that I called Ashlings. And they descended from the sky. They are made completely of ash. They're something completely different than anything I've ever seen in D&D, really. It hasn't been like these weird, like, uh, Japanese horror film-inspired creatures with yeah. their jerking movements made completely of ash and fire. The air around them, they, I gave them this little aura ability. The air around them boiled. Um, as they walked through, so Did like, they regenerate. Like if you um, slash them or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they would. They would regenerate wounds. They would do all this other stuff, um, and then they were defeated with a cantrip. But we'll get to that later. But they, uh, there were was it... <laughs> basically what I did was I took kobolds, and they were just kobolds. But I, I reflavored them in such a way that they had these, um, this like internal blaze that was within them and the party was terrified even adam who was there who was playing this character that's just a walking ballista um was tearing thing tearing these things apart but they kept on getting close to him and he kept on noping out from every single situation because they would just continue coming on because if you didn't kill them they were basically at full hit points on their next turn yeah so um yeah, but I wouldn't say that that was necessarily a, a reflavor. You you rebuilt them from the ground up, and I'm, I'm I'm saying that's what you could do. Like I used the kobolds as inspiration. I stole the ideas of kobolds. You know these small little it's chittering funny that creatures. Kobolds and not methods. Methods really lean into the like half elemental. They were too small. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. I wanted it to be small or medium sized. I eventually wanted it to be a plague that had. I think fifth methods are small. Are they? Yeah, I. We don't, we, tiny. No, we don't have diminutive anymore in fifth edition, right? You know, I know, so, but we still have tiny. Yeah, so we still have tiny, but there are very, very, very few things that are tiny because it's like cat and down. And methods, I believe. I mean, I can look it up right now. <laughs> bring Talk, that up, you David. Bring that up. God damn, David! All my books are over here. Don't drop the boom, David. Just type. What did we just say? <laughs> what did we just say? Okay, so uh, th- yeah, that that's me. Like you can take inspiration from these monsters and things and add different attributes, pull things. Like, if you want kobolds that all have wings, give them a fly speed. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Um, right? Yeah. Just just try to temper your expectations a bit. I know a lot of people are really like, oh, suddenly you're giving kobolds the ability to fly. Well, they're yeah. still quarter CR, right? So Eight some CR. of them can fly. Some yes. of them can fly. Um, but you give them wings, they're probably not that graceful with them. So use that, right? Like as long as it makes some sort of sense, it's fine. And of course, don't be like, oh yeah, this is my iron golem that now is immune to all physical and magic damage. Ha ha ha. Like, no, I'm, I'm totally fine with that as long as you have some way to cave in the Yeah, the fine. you can have it. just some of them. I'm kind of reminded of like the ants of uh, Ants, that yep. movie, Christopher Walken. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So if I just alone. Yeah, uh, Woody Allen. Woody Allen. <laughs> he was the main one. And was it like Jennifer Lopez or something? Or Halle Berry? It was something super 90s. Ah, yeah. But, okay, uh, methods are small now. Oh, wow, okay. Um, and the reason that I went, you know, I'm surprised you didn't go with the elemental. Just as a sidebar here is we have dust, which is kind of air, kind of earth. We've got magma, which is kind of earth, kind of fire. We've got mud, which is kind of earth, kind of water. 
We've got smoke, which is kind of fire, kind of air. Mm. Steam, kind of air, kind of water. water, right? And methods are great for like blending that. Yeah, it would have been really good to pull from those. I like. Those. I didn't. I didn't even think well, methods when I threw them on the field. Uh, to be fair, though, the, these I'm like I'm reading the stats for them right now. This is not what you had. No, right? but um, but yeah, there's, there's a fun little monster That's that we don't play with like enough. That. The other one is ice, which is kind of water, kind of cold. Kind of water, kind of. I would guess you would earth? say I would say earth because it would be bludgeoning. Yeah, and you and you walk on ice, right? Like, yeah, no. yeah okay. All right, I'm with you. Yeah, but uh, so the uh, moral of the story: use methods. Yeah, <laughs> no, the moral this whole podcast. The, the moral of the story is there are multiple ways to reflavor or reskin yeah. or or adapt different monsters to get kind of a similar effect that's still radically different. Yeah, yeah. could right? we say like you are allowed and. Quotations to do this, like this is. Yeah, I, I will is, straight up give you permission to go steal. Yeah, shit. this is a common practice. If anybody yeah. asks you, why are you stealing my copyrighted material? You could say Dan sent Dan. me to go do this. Yeah, Dan and and my email is uh, or my Instagram handle is of course at rusty styrofoam. Um, I also answer the at send noobs dnd. I'm well, glad you do because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I keep sending you messages. <laughs> it's like you don't love us anymore, Terry. <laughs> um, anyways, you want to talk about items. Yeah, let's go around again and talk about items. Where sure. we pull uh, from. Do we want to re-roll initiative? We can re-roll initiative if you want. Kidding. I'm feeling good, actually. 16. Oh, what's this one down 15, here? 15, 15. We got to re-roll. We have to roll for a second. Natural 20. And a 2. Natural 2. All right, but I'm still going first. Yeah. So that is the second time I've rolled a natural 20 on the tie to go second. On the tie break. This is also the first time that you guys have tied. Oh. I'm fine. So, um... Uh, so we're we're talking about how to how to reflavor items, reflavor, reskin, adapt, steal, whatever. Yeah, uh, my least favorite thing in the Dungeon Master's Guide is the fact that absolutely everything is a potion or a wand, mm. and I don't understand why. Mm-hmm. Why can I not take this potion and make people fall in love with me and turn it into a cookie? Yeah. Or why can I not turn it into a perfume? Yeah. Right, like. Oh, for like a bot or something. Yeah. Right. That. So there there could be. I, and I do that a lot. Right? The idea of I will just go through my spell list in the back of the player's handbook or in Xanathar's and I go, oh, that's a neat utility spell that, that's kind of fun. Enlarge is one of my favorites. Uh, reduce and enlarge, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, why would I not give that to a stool? So you can always carry a chair around. Yeah. I like your magic items because it's not always, in fact, it's very rarely clear what it's actually going to be used for. Like we'll do detect magic or whatever. And you're right. It's like uh, this this giant throne is magical. Uh, we're like, well, I don't know. Fuck yeah, yeah. Just, do that. <laughs> so there were, I, I'm sitting there and I'm going through it and I'm reading all of these like, uh, I think there were gems that, yeah. or tiaras or headbands or circlets and stuff that give you a boost to your mental stats. Right? And I'm sitting there going, well, why don't we make this actually like you You get advantage uh, on all of your mental stats if you sit in this throne. You're super charismatic, you're very intelligent, you're very wise. You are a good ruler when you're sitting in the throne. However, I'm also going to throw the flavor on that you're egotistical because you're a good ruler. Yeah. And all of your physical stats suck while while you are sitting in, in the throne. Just just why not? It's not going to matter so much until someone throws a fireball at you mm-hmm. and you're yeah. at disadvantage from the throne. Although it's like Kingslayer and then you, you're yeah. not going to escape. Yeah. Right. So and I'm like, that's, that's kind of neat. But what do you guys do with this throne? I don't know. I'm going to throw it in a bank vault and see what happens. When yeah. You that's, up, get it, that's right? up to the players. And yeah. that's, that's what you do very well as well. Like it's, 
that that whole idea of what are we supposed to do with this? You're like, I don't know, do whatever the hell you want with it. I just made it. That was fun. There you go. It's in the world. Do what you want. <laughs> yeah, my, my favorite go-to um, magic item that I've ever seen is this. It's it's a vase or a vase, depending on how you pronounce it, mm. um, where you could put a single flower into it. And while you do, that flower stays alive for eternity. Right. I remember that. Yeah, the vase can be broken. Um and if you pull the flower out, then it will age normally from that moment forward until you put it back in. What is this for? <laughs> what is this nonsense item for? What is it for? What, and I was sitting there going, I'm going to add some romance to this. I'm sure that people are going to want to hand flowers to their to their NPC beloved, <coughs> right? And both both Terry, you, no. and, and Jamie, who, were, who was also playing, you guys were both courting NPCs. Over months and months and months, mm. and you guys had this sitting in your bag of holding, and it didn't occur to either of you to give this, <laughs> like a flower, a rose inside this. Too. My betrothed was quite aggressive. That's, and, that's and, very and, true. And we went almost like Basil and Sybil Foldy, where I was actively trying to escape her a lot of times because she was very aggressive. Yeah, so she, it didn't occur to me to. And do the that. other one was dating a dragon. And yeah, that's was, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's like they could have given the rose, but really it was a half orc and a dragon. Both of them been like, eh. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I was thinking that that Kogu, the half orc, would have been like, "What is this? What is this for? Yeah. What can I drink from it?" Yeah, right. Like, throw the flower or away. Just and, assumes like, it's, it's that she can yeah. drink yeah. from it, and then later on, I would see her drinking from it. Whereas, I think that it would have been absolutely fantastic. That is the perfect kind of item in a dragon's hoard. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, uh, and I often think about why would someone make these items? Just all of these plus one items and stuff. And all, why? Why are we all focused on combat? There are so many wands of fireball mm. and necklaces of fireball and amulets of health. And don't you think anybody's just like, I wish I could just walk faster. Yeah. Right? Like, so I've got to put on this ring that lets me get an additional five feet of movement. Mm. And I know that it's normally a boots thing, but maybe I also want to walk up walls and have boots of spider climb. Yeah. So I have no problem swapping out yeah. kind of your equipment slot. Or, or changing the item itself, but keeping the spell or the, the flavor of it. Because uh, the, the flower was gentle repose. Oh, yeah. Right? So, so I'm like, why, why not have this permanently enchanted on the uh, on this little receptacle? Mm-hmm. And that's where I come from on magic items, right? I sit back and I go, what is, this, what is a spell that I like that never gets used? Or what kind of spell do I wish existed? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is why you guys get things like Minor Wish yeah. in 5th edition, which doesn't exist anymore. Right, that you guys got items with minor wish. Uh, you guys also got items with um, restoration. Mm-hmm. In, there's not just lesser or greater. There, I actually created restoration. Yeah. Um, so there's kind of a middle ground for that as well. So, you gave me a sword that literally absorbs souls. Yeah, that, that's not a thing that typically yeah, happens. You really think it ought to be with yeah. that many necromancers walking the world? Like, yeah. why do we not just have a uh, I knight you with this sword and it eats your soul. Yeah. You right. gave me a sentient sunblade and then a set of armor that silences sentient items. <laughs> no, no, no. That is only mostly what happened. You gave yourself a sentient sunblade. Yeah, oh, actually I did. Yeah, that's <laughs> Because yeah, yeah. you took it from Curse of Strahd and we flipped over into this. You stopped being the DM. You became the player. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to keep this sword. This is kind of awesome. And you ran around with it. And you were just like... Talking to the sword more than you're talking Getting to anybody. So mad else. Yeah. all the time. I was like, "Fucking Keith, Keith!" <laughs> yeah, every time. Answer you me, you bastard! <laughs> so, so, but then you also got cursed armor, yeah, which also had a voice. But I'm like, can you be attuned to two sentient items at the same time? I don't see why not. 
but I'm going to make the armor slightly more powerful. Mm-hmm. So you, the moment that you don this, and you're not allowed to take it off, that was worked into the contract, <laughs> right? Um, you're not allowed to take this armor off. And you get a uh, level of warlock because you, you made, made a deal, deal with, with the, devil the devil to get it. So, yeah, um, you don't you no longer get to hear your sword. It's still talking to you. And I forget how we how we figured that out. Oh, uh, we gave it to the ranger. I was uh, like, this, this stupid it, yeah. thing. And then, yeah, and then she talked to it. Yeah. I, 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 like, it <laughs> I like to uh, throw intelligent a lot of intelligent items in my campaigns as well. There's an irony I'll, there. I'll, I'll, I'll make. Haha, you're hilarious. Um, <laughs> but I'll typically make them more malevolent than beneficent. Mm. Um, they... Beneficent? Isn't it benevolent as well? Beneficent, I believe, was Angelina Jolie. No, that's that. Maleficent. No, that's the first word you said. No, okay. no, it's malevolent. It's malevolent. Anyways, I'm moving on. <laughs> okay. So uh, I've had I've had an item that is going to pop up in every single one of my campaigns for the the, the rest of time called Tetanus, and Tetanus is a great sword that is like just a fantastic sword. Uh, it's a fantastic sword, but it's also that the stacks blocks stat blocked. <laughs> I hate you guys. I'm just so sorry. Trying to just, just go. go. I'm just on a go. tenuous thread here, and you guys are just all like poke, poke. No, sorry. so it's on a great sword. Um, tetanus was created on a whim when we were running uh, the Temple of Elemental Evil way back in the day, um, and there is a rusty great sword in the module that's just embedded in the ground at the bottom of this big chasm, and the character grabs it, and it's literally in the module. It's a rusty great sword. Hmm. So I wanted to have something special with that thing so i made it a magical weapon that is just cursed with decay and disease Mm -hmm. um and it all it wants to do is infect right so um when you're making your own magic items uh especially intelligent magic items you got to realize that a magic item or an intelligent item has a purpose to exist and it's not just for bloodshed. Oh, yeah, they it, always it, have a motivation. It, it has a motivation, and it's usually something incredibly specific. Yeah. So, like with tetanus, it was it needs to infect as many people as possible. So, um, the way I did it was he would hit, and if every single time he, the player would hit with this sword, the monster would be rolling a save, and if the monster failed its save for this disease, the next time the player went to swing, the sword wouldn't let him. Or would, would try to impose its will to make him hit something else. Hmm. Right? Because that thing's infected. Now I don't need to hit it again. Let's move on to something else. Oh, right. Okay, I like it. Right? Yeah. So, so it's like the zombies that like bite you and then you wait 10 seconds and no longer they're they're no longer trying to eat you. Yeah. Right? Like it's, yeah. like, it's like the mo- between the first bite and the last bite, they have a, like a time lapse that if if they don't get a certain number of bites in, if you're not dead by bite number four or within yeah. 15 seconds or whatever, mm-hmm. then you're a zombie and they're disinterested, right? Yeah. yeah. I had a player in my uh, last campaign that I DM'd that had tetanus and swung it at three things. And those three things... <laughs> I, was so, I, I wanted to clarify what you did for me. Had like, the sword like, tetanus. So this was a sensitive subject for him because he actually had No, no, tetanus, no. Had so. the sword tetanus. I gave, him, I gave him the sword tetanus. He was a barbarian. Perfect person for the sword. Um... And he, the three things he had managed to hit with it were either immune to disease or had made their save. So I never got to play with this. And then he got killed by one of my other players, Adam. It was not my fault. <laughs> was it your fault? It, it, it 100% was his fault. It was fault. not what? He keeps on throwing me under the bus saying, no, 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 this is all Dan. I'm like, no. I gave, a, you a, I gave you an evil cursed gauntlet as well. Oh, well, you... And, and Adam goes, no. sweet, it's a cursed gauntlet. What if I killed the party? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, well, let's roll with it. Let's try to figure this out. Question. Right? 
Isn't that what a character is going to ask when you're possessed by an evil god? I feel like I ask that question after every long rest. Yeah. <laughs> just, just anyway. I, I ask that person whenever I'm stuck uh, in a room with both Terry, of you. Terry, it's your yeah. watch. It's in the middle of the night. What if I killed the party? <laughs> <laughs> you're not even a rogue. Yeah. Just going to slowly drive my sword into the gnome. Just right over here. Just uh, And that threat's gone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I strongly encourage DMs, even if there's not a rule that might necessarily fit or as adam was saying like flavoring with certain spells that um you don't really see all that often build your own magic items man like like put it in um well what's interesting here that i want to point out is that there's a common thread between what what i do with mine and what you've done with tetanus and that is i i want the sword tetanus um, um is you take this item and you go you go i want this effect but why is it this way? Yeah. yeah. Like, what, what, are, what are the mechanics that I want and do I justify it? Yeah. And then once I've justified, are there any other side effects? Mm-hmm. Right. And you can, if you keep asking why, like who built this item? Yeah. Right. Where did this come from? How did it gain sentience? Right. Right. Every sentient item has a story. You had a doorknob. Oh. Which is why. Oh, is now the time to bring up the knob goblin? Are we finally going to bring up the knob goblin? Let's bring it up now. I'll do my turn after this story because. Uh, All right. So. Fuck this goblin, man. So. So. (laughs) There was a doorknob which opened absolutely any door. um, And it didn't matter which. uh, Like, if it was a cupboard or a portcullis or whatever it was, this doorknob, if you put it in, it would unlock it. And you'd be able to open it up. Being me, I abused the shit out of this item. Well, it was funny because I let uh, one of the other players in on it ahead of time. And he knew that it had exactly seven charges. Mm. And he burned through the first six. But you sat there and went, uh, I, we could pick the lock, but let's just have... Let's just oh, use that's right. Yeah, he did hand it yeah. over to me. Yeah, and he Fucker. burned through it all. And then he handed it to you and he goes, here, you, you use it for a minute. And then ran away to Australia like a bloody coward. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> So you used it, and then all of a sudden, the doorknob itself started to grow in your hand and get warm, and you threw it downstairs. And as it went, it got bigger and bigger and bigger until it became a very, very pale flesh color, like human flesh colored uh, goblin. Yeah. Um, Buck ass naked with an eight foot beard. Like Voldemort in the uh, yeah. in the train station. Spoiler alert, whatever, you're fine, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and this was called the Knob Goblin. And his backstory goes that... Get it? Because he's a goblin that's also a knob? Right. Yeah. Didn't so, get that before. So, um... Also, it's fun to say knob goblin. <laughs> it's fun that's... to say knob goblin, yeah. yeah um, I now refer to mine as the knob goblin. Uh, <laughs> hey, get over here and get knob goblin, all right? <laughs> um, Best friends with the pants troll. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, the, uh, the backstory for this knob goblin was the fact that he was a thief. He was a goblin thief. That uh, went to go steal from a uh, wizard, and the wizard was so pissed off that um, this goblin thought that he could actually steal from such a powerful uh, wizard himself, right? So, the wizard cursed the goblin. There were three curses that were put on it. One, if you like stealing items so much, become an item. Two, you've wasted my time, so I'm going to waste yours. And so, every time... Uh, so, uh, once you've been used a certain amount of times, you're going to come back to life. But every time you die, you'll be reborn at dawn the next morning and still remember everything that's happened to you. Um, and uh, three, 
Uh, I hate that uh, you were unaware of how powerful I am. So now you're going to be aware of absolutely everything. What you guys never figured out was the Knob Goblin actually had, uh, it was a plus 30 to perception. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So he just knew everything that oh, was going on no. around him. Um, even in Knob form. So he actually has a whole bunch of answers that nobody ever thought to ask him. <laughs> But he sat in like a dragon's horn. I think horn I, for... I told him to shut up so much and just go away. I just killed him immediately. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was uh, he was in a dragon's horn for ten thousand years. He was uh, he's been thrown around from reality to reality. He existed in the real world. He knows what airplanes are. Like this poor knob goblin has lasted an eternity as a doorknob, and then shows up and he invariably dies within twenty four hours. And then comes back screaming into the world at 6 a.m. But the curse is that the person that used him the last time um, it has got to be within 20 feet of where he comes back. Right? So every time that you would go to bed, um, you would wake up at dawn the next morning to a goblin screaming its way into reality. Yeah, with a heavily pregnant wife. Yeah. And she was displeased. A heavily pregnant half-orc barbarian wife. And the first time that this happened, it like he started... The, the first time that he appeared at the bottom of the stairs, he just looked up at you and went, kill me. Mm. And so you stabbed him in the throat thinking, there we go, that's it. Mm. And nobody thought anything of it. And then the next morning, he comes screaming into existence and he's naked with his eight foot long beard that covers his, his like his goblin balls. junk. His, yeah, his, his go- knob goblin? His goblin knob? Uh, yeah, his, yeah, his goblin noids. Yeah, okay. Um, the knob goblin goblin knob. Yeah. yeah. Um, and... Uh, and so he came screaming into the world, and you just went, oh my god, I don't want to deal with this, and you murdered him, because yeah. you wanted the long rest. Set a loaded crossbow at the side of the bed, ready yeah. to go. <laughs> um, but he actually became a pretty constant NPC. Yeah. Well, yeah, because so- every dawn he comes back screaming into the world, no matter what happened to him. Which, A, he's got all of these boons, like he knows things, and he's got this great perception, mm-hmm. and whatnot. He's also comedic as all hell, but also... If you are doing a long rest in a dungeon and you are trying to be stealthy, or you are stealthing in at the crack of dawn, we will run uh, our mission in to infiltrate yeah. the... No, there's a goblin screaming yeah. into existence. And if you're in tunnels and you're not sure what time it is... I'm yeah, sorry. yes. Well, you soon find out when it's 6 a.m. 6 so, a.m., guys. Adam recently told me uh, something to consider with our next characters, and I, I hope this is okay to say, Yeah. is... Our three characters for the previous campaign that were kind of put on pause. This is my favorite thing about the Knob Goblin right now. Um, we were all turned to stone and buried under a city, yeah. right? Or the city was rather dropped on top of us in stone form. But we've all been aware of time passing, oh, shit. and we've so been aware of everything. Twenty feet of me every every day, for every the last day for the last years. seventeen years into oh the rubble. God. So he comes screaming into existence and bursts because there's no room. So you're. Ah! Every day. And you guys can... Those of you with dark vision, so not you. No. Because you're human. But the other two can actually see the bits and pieces of the blood dripping. Just and building up. Yeah. Every day. So, so Adam's like, just think of what your crazy smell. old man, uh, Dragonborn, would think after 17 years of just seeing this the, knob goblin slowly yeah. oozing through the rubble the, yeah. right up against his face. Because, of course, we're buried. Keep, and it would just keep right? building up and building yeah. up. And, it would and this is the only thing that you can actually perceive. Because you're buried under piles and piles of rubble. This, to me, is an interesting magical weapon. Yeah. Or item, yeah. right? So so there you go. And and the other thing, too, that is canon is when you kill it, the body still exists, right? So there are thousands of dead goblin bodies. Naked, bearded, 
dead goblins underneath this city. Oh, geez, because your year in the campaign is also different. It's also, yeah, 595 days. To a year. Yeah. And it's been 17 years. Yeah. Woof. That's a lot of goblins. Adam just finds the most creative ways to torture us. Well, that's going to completely outdo my answer, which is I basically look at a character sheet, look at every single box in there and manipulate something somehow. Um, it doesn't need to be just stats or, or weapons. It can be it can be anything. It can be languages. It can be personality traits. Um, uh, absolutely. No, I think that that's a, that's a great idea. One of my favorite items that I ever saw was a cursed item that made it so that uh, the players... Uh, it was a Tower of Babel. They couldn't communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. They couldn't speak. And so I saw an entire session go by with them having to mime to... They could describe their actions. I'm going to go over there, I'm going to pick it up, I'm going to wave it at this person over here, and I'm going to go over, I'm going to slash that guy over there. But when they had to give each other commands, when they had to talk to an NPC, mm-hmm. when they had to, to ask a question, hey, do you? what was the answer to, they couldn't communicate. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a nice, simple way to do it. And to, and to keep it balanced, just refer to the DMG. You'll notice the uncommon, common, rare items all have a similar kind of balance to them. They'll use a similar type of die. They'll, you know, there's there's a pattern to them. Yeah. Um, and you can just take those for inspiration depending on what level you think the item is yeah. um, or how, much, how effective you want it to be. Um, but yet, use that whole character sheet. I have an idea for an item that I quite like, which is, uh, you know, most characters will speak two or three languages. Um, they get to choose five languages, but their previous languages that they know removed and they can't keep any language that they already knew. So all of a sudden, your elf can't speak Elvish, Common, or Dwarvish, which they usually speak. And it's an item. Yeah. So so what they attune to it... It's, and- a, like, it's like a consumable item. So it's okay. it's like a one-time thing. Take it or leave it. Um, but yeah. Oh, and it's permanent. Yep. Well, you're fully aware. It's a choice you make, um, unless you can find a way to not use it that way to put it onto somebody. But you know, I, with something significant like that, I'd like to give them at least some chance. You know, you know, you, you've inspired me now to go through the monster manual and bolos and whatnot and start actually counting the number of languages. Oh, there's loads because yeah. there's like fifty-five. Everyone always thinks of elvish and dwarvish, dwarvish. and common. well, they've also they've cut back a bunch because like in uh. I, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think like Terran Aqua. I don't think the elemental they languages do. still they exist. Do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Are you sure they're not of... just primordial now? Because I think they've all just become primordial. No, primordial is its own thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, they still exist. And on top of that, when you're going through the monster menu, you have things like Noel and Trogdon. Yeah, there's loads of monster and languages. And yeah. right? And like these are real languages. Just nobody can speak them. Yeah. Nobody ever thinks to take them. And they're not. There's no comprehensive list of languages anywhere. So yeah. anyway. So the shout out this week is to a person that we have name dropped a few times on this on this podcast who I know listens and we have been um, we're giving a shout out to many, many other people that we know in real life, but we've never really said hey Jamie, thanks. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Jamie has been one of our biggest supporters from from day one. He played in our campaign um, for the longest time. He is we haven't played together at this point for like 10 months because they moved to Australia, he and his girlfriend. And uh, and I still get messages semi-weekly at this point, which mm-hmm. are like, I miss playing in your campaign. When can we do this again? Mm-hmm. Right? And he will ask me, so do you think that, that my barbarian would have done this in this scenario? Like, <laughs> like we, we, he, we still are invested in his characters. Or That's in his character. Yeah. yeah, and so like... I don't know. I've known quite a few D and D players. There's nobody I know that's really quite as passionate about their character as Jamie yeah. is, right? Like, and so 
it's rare, and I, I wanted to do a shout out to him. Yep. Uh, you guys can follow him and his nipples at. Uh, it's not a joke, folks. Yeah, at the underscore Canadian underscore Maple. Yep, that's um, it. And uh, and you can watch him flex in a mirror because he's got a <laughs> he's got a fitness. Um, yes, he Instagram has. He's a pretty good looking guy. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, he's actually secretly a giant nerd, and he is the most opinionated uh, person ever. Also, uh, Jamie, I want you to know that uh, Fat Thor is hilarious. And shut up, Fat Thor. Oh, Don't worry about it. So, or oh, magic item, fat boar, fat boar. Go. He's gonna be so. Aren't mad. all boars fat? No. Uh, now you have bored me with your puns. Oh, oh. So we ruined Jamie's shout out. Thanks, Jamie. Yeah, thanks, Jamie, for ruining your what? What are we for? I'm so. Oh no, me and Jamie chat quite a lot. Yeah. Okay. Um. But anyway, yeah, I want to do a shout out to Jamie. Uh, we send each other, and we. Do you say you send each other nudes? Butts. Oh, butts. <laughs> he, he, just, he just misread your just Instagram mine. name. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> just pretend it's somebody else. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie, for uh, for being a, a good supporter. Still, even though you're half a world away in the... Uh, Chilt. Uh, is, is no, it it's chilt? not jungle enough. No, it's it's like above ground under dark where everything wants to kill you and you can't survive. Mm, yeah, yep. dark sun. Maybe I don't know. Dark. Uh, dark sun's fairly accurate, yeah. Although it's it's bright sun. Mm-hmm. Mad Max world. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Tatooine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay, there we go. Okay, so let's move on to. We've kind of given our personal tricks with regards to monsters and items and things. What about the the dangers of homebrewing? Sometimes it just goes horribly wrong. It just goes completely off where you can't control it anymore if you're a newer DM or it's gone. If you're a more experienced DM, it's gone wildly outside of what you expected or what you envisioned the campaign to become. So what are the dangers of homebrewing and and how can we overcome them? Uh, Especially specifically about stealing ideas and adapting. Absolutely. Oh, well, I I didn't actually roll mine because you guys just knocked mine away. Well, we all rolled twos and ones there. Oh, I rolled a ten. All right, Adam. Dangers of homebrewing. Um, there's no such thing. Everything you do is legitimate and fine. Um, the, the dangers of homebrewing, uh, when it comes to stealing specifically, we know what the dangers of homebrewing are. It's imbalance, right? Yeah. Like that's the number one thing that I would say the follow-up would, would be people getting butt hurt. Yep. Right. That happens a lot when mm. you, when you're homebrewing, either someone's getting special attention. Why do they get their own character class? And I don't. Yeah. Right. So, but, but besides that. The, the big danger about stealing ideas is the fact that you're giving it away right from the beginning. If you're doing a straight steal, you're not subverting the stereotype or doing the trope with a twist, yeah. right? If this is... You're going to the wizard's tower to rescue the princess from the dragon. Hard stop. There's nothing else there. Yeah. There's no, like, the dragon was the princess the whole time or whatever nonsense you're coming up with. If you are... If you are Write that down. It was brilliant. <laughs> oh, my God. How does he come up with this magic? <laughs> the dragon was the princess, Dan. See, I, I, I'm i sitting here going, the, the dragon wasn't shape-changed into the princess. No, the, the, it's, oh. a it's a little, like, 20-foot dragon wearing a silken, like, Bowsette. Disney. The dragon no, was no, Bowsette. No, 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 no. Bowsette, yes, I'm on board with this plan. Bowsette, yes. Okay, first of all, I don't know what you're talking about. Second of all... Well, nobody we, does because it should be Bowsette, but whatever. We'll move on. Okay. <laughs> And no, not 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 twenty feet tall. It needs to be a gargantuan like monster. Yeah, being yeah. In a silken dress that, with a little handkerchief. Yeah. Right. So 
Thank you for rescuing me, adventurers. The, and the handkerchief is like is like the size of it's like, it's like a tarp. It's like a blanket <laughs> it's sewn together. A tarp, yeah. <laughs> the tapestry. So, um, no, but whoops! But see it, the bard bend over. Well, then. <laughs> goodness. Um, that's that's how a dragon seduces a bard. Um, <laughs> so the uh, the point that I was trying to make <laughs> was. Dan is just killing himself laughing. You can't see it. Terry's got his face in his hands, shaking his head, and Dan yeah. just turning pink. I tried to like do a legitimate podcast for you guys. I was like, no, we'll talk about D&D. We are 23 episodes in. Any hope of this being legitimate has gone out the it's, fucking window. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. All we do is just go completely off topic. Rag on Dan, then rag on me. Rarely rag on Adam, and then we're just correcting Yeah, why about- are we not like... Tag teaming Adam. It's because Adam gets there first, and Whoa, then we just get crazy. <laughs> Holy shit! Dan. And then the and then the internet rags at us for getting everything wrong. Great podcast, you're wrong about everything. That's not how you pronounce this made up word. It's you funny know. nobody ever sends me those messages. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the point is, if you're going to do the straight trope with that you've stolen a thing, and it doesn't matter if you've stolen uh, it from Lord of the Rings or Star Trek or. Uh, an old uh, sword and sorcery novel, like a pulp book that n- you know no one's heard of except you and your friends. If they recognize it, you're dead in the water as a DM. Because the moment the players get bored with your, your storyline, they're going to run roughshod over your shit. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. going to say, oh, you know what? We're supposed to go rescue this princess. Let's murder the princess. Yeah. Let's get to the tower and burn it down just to see what the DM is going to do next, right? So one of the big problems with stealing is you got to learn how to camouflage your shit pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I often, myself, I camouflage it so well that I turn around, Dan said earlier, you know, Adam gets the card and is like, hey, I don't know if you recognize this. I I bury stuff deep in my campaign. Uh, You guys fought uh, pygmies. Yeah. Um, and they were running around and, and wiping you guys out en masse. And they appeared from the jungle with their... Um, their Blow darts they had. They had blow darts. They had little crude weaponry and whatnot. You guys were fighting Ewoks. Ah, of course we were. But I buried that so deep behind the pygmy lore. Should have seen it. I was expecting the castle to be the Death Star. And we were going to burn it down slash blow it up. So uh, I was th- looking in the wrong direction. Yeah, um, yeah, you were. <laughs> but there was, uh, like, I often start in one, one place and have to camouflage it and bury it. And when I camouflage it, I then think, why is it camouflaged this way? And then I extrapolate from that why. And now I'm just, I'm just building from here and I'm creating. And it's, it's less about reflavoring at that point, less about stealing and more about just taking an idea and adapting it, keeping two or three core pieces the same and moving on. Because I know straight up, if I say, hey, and then there's this one thing, everyone else is going to go, oh, no, that's boring. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, and uh, and you know what? It's incredibly challenging to do as well, to be able to camouflage your references or whatever it is you're doing in a campaign. Camouflage even the main story. I, I read an article today that's like, if you are trying to get your players to solve a mystery... Always put th- minimum, minimum three clues that lead to a point towards that mystery or that story. Mm-hmm. Because your party's going to miss one, they're going to misunderstand another one, and on the third one, they're going to get it. So, like, always add three of these little clues in. 
every single time you're trying to build towards a mystery. And I find a lot of D&D campaigns have mystery involved in them in some way, shape, or form. Like you're trying to find a thing that is lost. You are trying to solve a murder. You're trying to figure out why this guy is doing blank. Like it's put in at minimum three things to hook your players in with all certainty. I know there have been times in the current campaign where we have failed utterly at figuring out what's going on. Like the death house is the, like the, uh, yeah, it comes to mind. I think what Adam's trying to say is he's trying to build it so that we don't realize what's going on. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to make it so that you don't get it. But yeah, but what I'm cautioning is don't build it so deep that um, your players get lost in it. Yeah, I think I agree with you, Dan, in what you're saying with regards to clues as well. Don't don't get so set on one thing. Mm-hmm. If the 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 clue is in the drawer on the desk, but nobody checked the desk, but somebody looked under the bed, the clue is under the bed. Okay, just go with it. Yeah, you know, because we're trying to move on. Check your ego. It's fine if you. I know you it says on your notes it's in the drawer. It's not. It's under the bed now because that's where they are. Just give it to them. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter if it if it should have been a DC fifteen sleight of hand check to pick the lock. Yeah. If it's just a DC fifteen perception check to look under the bed. Yeah. Right. Like, you're still having your roll. Yeah. yeah. Right. So so make it make it what it is. Pick your battles. Right. And yeah, I and I'm a big believer in in not making it so dense and so obtuse that that people don't understand what's going on. Yeah, you'll lose people real fast. Yeah, yeah, it's really walking a fine line. Dan complains to me all the time about how there are so many storylines going on in my campaign that he can't keep track of it. There, at, because I I currently have, I think I'm running 35 different storylines. Mm-hmm. You guys are actually playing through about three of them yeah but i've got npcs over here and gangs fighting against guilds over in this city and and i'm telling a big world story and my world moves on and you guys remember back in in session one for you guys i was like build a gang name the gang and get get a whole bunch of uh, renown as a gang yeah this will be important later and you guys went okay uh our name is the forbidden and then you never talked about it ever again, no. and it went right out the window. I know, I know, I, I know. I played a part in that because I was like, because my because we all got brought together for this mission. Yeah. My character was like, I don't want to build a fucking gang. I got here ten minutes ago. I'm doing this for my money. Yeah. That's it. If someone else is building it, that's fine. Which is absolutely fine. I had all of this inspiration about about gang warfare that I had um, actually stolen from Batman comics. Uh, there was a there's a really good arc called uh, War Games. Which takes place there. There are a number of different gangs in the city, and someone has set off this this battle amongst them. And so I, I was really going in that direction. And then you guys are like, or we could stick to the jungles for a while mm-hmm. and go over and do this, and let let's get a pirate ship. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Let's do that instead, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, we did start to build up a following, I guess, but it became more piratey more than like. Which is fine. You guys had a crew, not a gang. Yeah, right? like, and like it. We're not far from that point. We also kind of got involved in our own personal stories as well, rather than which building is, the... Which is better than anything I'm going to come up with, right? Yeah. Like, if you guys come up with these stories, then I can sit there and go, oh, cool, what's a conflict for this character? Well, we accidentally made the greatest story arc ever with the Dragon Balls. Yeah, <laughs> you, you really did, and it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah I'm still terrified for that day. <laughs> um, however, um, when it comes back to stealing ideas and, and whatnot, I like to... to bury the lead a lot of the times and yeah. and and camouflage as much as I possibly can but not so dense that people don't understand that they're looking at a story yeah yeah right so that's that's kind of if you say 
Welcome to this open room. There are 43 people inside of it. Each of them has their own secret go. Yeah. Your characters aren't going to know what the hell's going on. Even though you're like, aha, this is... It doesn't matter who they talk to. It's this this one storyline is going to kick off. And I've ripped it off of the Jackal from 1999 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it was 98. Hmm. Um, Good movie. But I feel like it might have been earlier. It, it might have been. Jack Black was in it. Um, yeah, he was. I honestly feel like it was like 92. That was the first time he no, died well, in a movie. It, no, I saw it in theaters. Oh, you did? So, yeah. Oh. Um, Richard Gears to look pretty good. He did. Yeah. Um, this is uh, post-gerbil, though, I think. Hmm. Uh, pre-gerbil. And had to no, have been pre-gerbil. No, no. Gerbil was around for Pretty Woman. David, look that up. Yeah, when David. Jack will come out. Google that shit. Google Richard Gear Gerbil. David, use Bing. It's better. Okay, what were we talking about? Bing that shit, Dave. Bing Bing it. Bing it. David, when I tell you to bing it, you bing it, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the point is don't get lost in in these uh, in your camouflage because a lot of times it can take on a life of its own. We all know the trope of you have you have built this this storyline for the uh, barmaid and you have a storyline for the mysterious stranger in the corner, but everyone's too busy talking to the goblin. Yeah. And now what do you do? Right? And now you have just spent 4 hours role playing as a goblin that you didn't know existed. <laughs> you just have no yeah. idea who they are. <laughs> so, um so my point is camouflage but don't don't detract, don't distract. From, from the story. If you're going to steal an awesome idea, you're going to put all this time and, and work and flavor in it, you need to find the right balance. Yeah. Right? And that's that's my problem with, with stealing and with homebrewing is finding the balance is hard sometimes. It is. Mm-hmm. It really truly You is. really need to be able to read your players. Yeah. Which is, uh, Dan and I are giving advice to a new DM right now um, through a Facebook chat. And our big thing is don't complicate it early. Yeah, you have time to complicate it later. You got to yeah. see what they want to complicate. Yeah, he's yeah. he's like tossing out, uh, out these ideas for all these really intricate threads, and we're like, no, no, stop! Get your feet under you, under you. Figure out who this party is before you yeah. start throwing in betrayal threads. Don't get yeah. don't get balls deep into something they're not even going to want to follow. Essentially, or not even going to understand because it's too in depth. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and that's the problem with stealing is these are. Oh, I want to steal the Skywalker storyline. Mm. That is a multi-generational complex fall from grace a couple of times and, and tempted by evil more than once. And uh, people have died and friendships were made and someone was hidden away on a backwater town for 20 years. You can do that. That's too complicated. Right. Right. So don't don't bury that shit so deep that everyone loses it. Or yeah. Anything. So anyway, uh, I got the highest... Um, I, I was the next highest. Yeah. Um, so what I really want to do is I, w- I want to talk to specifically players. Don't feel afraid to go to your GMs or DMs with a with a great new idea for an item that you want to run with. Like uh, I've had players in the past give me wish lists for their characters. You know, these are the items that I want for my character, right? And I will go through that list and I will take that list and I'll modify it and I'll put different things in different slots or double up powers or try to throw more random items in there and try to give them the items they want, but at the same time, give them intriguing and compelling items, interesting items, unique items as well. Yeah. Well, um, that's going to change over time too, right? And it when, is. when Jamie created his barbarian, he wanted a Thor um, metaphor essentially. And he was all going to be like lightning 
Because he took a couple levels in Sorcerer to get lightning stuff. Yeah. By the end of it, he was shooting fireballs off the back of a diorama. Yeah. Right? Like, he he just found some really neat, cool other ideas. Um, and he was uh, engaged to a dragon and his best friend was a goblin. Right? Like, because D&D does that. Yeah. Right? So, like, I, I totally get what you're saying about this wish list for magic items. Yeah. The only one that I would say really give to them is whatever weapon they want. That tends to be inherent. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, the, like definitely, they... like give them. But I would be like, if they're asking, well, I want a plus five Vorpal greatsword. Be like, I'm going to give you a greatsword that is different from than a plus five Vorpal. Here's all the mechanical prowess. I'm going to give you one that has history and lore and story to it, right? So that you are not just swinging around a plus five Vorpal yeah. greatsword. Well, I think you you're can, you're you swinging answer. around the family blade of the, you know, the. So, so the Nob Goblin clan. I think it's okay and to ask for a flavor. I don't think it's okay to ask for stats. You can't be a player and be like, I want a plus five soul. No, I think I think you can. I think you can. And be like, I, I eventually this is what I want to excel at. I need I I want these items to help me excel at. And as a GM, you and your player could sit down and be like, Well, how about we give you an iron stone? Or well, how about we modify this item to do this instead of just the straight mechanical I'm boom. a big I'm a big fan of the things that blur the lines, like I want to be able to fly. Yeah. Right? Like, that's not a mechanical stat, but it's also very much a mechanic, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think it's totally fine for people to ask for that kind of stuff. But I'm a big believer, too, and we'll get there eventually, trust me. Yeah. For now, you are level one, you are proficient with stick, and you are going to die with the first strong breeze. So, no, you're not getting your plus five Vorpal sword, right? Nice. Proficient with stick, by the way, is going to be the name of my... my uh... Autobiography. <laughs> I was going to say sex tape, but... Okay. <laughs> that should be, yeah. Or just your... your I lost the word. Your, your DM guide that you create one day should just be with proficient stick. with stick. Page one, get a stick. Page two, beat your players. <laughs> become, become proficient. Here are a few blank pages for you to write down ideas on how you, how you may become proficient with stick. Look forward to volume two, proficient with club. All right, Terry. Uh, oh, we covered a lot there. I guess the the only extra point that I would add to what you guys said, I, I don't have anything particularly radically different, is um, I use little techniques to help people um, not to, to avoid the danger of homebrewing things. If, if you find like it's going off a little bit, and I've talked about it before, is just have those not-so-random encounters ready to go. So if you're losing control in your session, you're like, I don't know what to do. A good encounter will last two hours. You know, like you can yeah. make them lengthy. We know this, right? So if you have a particularly um, awesome NPC or a combat type thing that you've been wanting to do for a little while, you can have a not so random encounter to essentially take up some time. Everybody's going to have a good time because you've thought that encounter through. And then when the session's over, you can go away and be like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do now? But uh, not so random encounters that should be well thought out. So you know definitely that they're interesting um, is a good way to help you uh, buy time if you find that you're going off track. Yeah, I, I think, especially because there are things like uh, with, we're talking a lot about stealing ideas and homebrewing and stuff, but one of the things that nobody ever talks about is is injecting your own encounters into the modules. Yeah. There yeah. are entire sections of Storm King's Thunder and Tomb of Annihilation and Horde of the Dragon Queen where you are just walking. Mm -hmm. You're traveling from this city to this city. Or from point A to point B, random shit happens. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Your players have come to the table with these military backgrounds, or they're the prophesied chosen one, or whatever bullshit that they want to bring on any given day. Um, and when they come to the table with this, when do you inject that into the story? 
this I think is is where you plan your quote unquote random encounters. Yeah. Right. Your not module encounters, mm-hmm. and you can steal your ideas a lot of times right from the books. One of my favorite places to steal ideas from is uh, uh, Tales from the Yawning Portal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because they've got some great rooms and traps and dungeon set pieces in there. Those. That thing is great. One of my favorite tools. I crack that open more than I crack open a Dungeon Master's Guide. Yeah, and it doesn't just because it takes place in a, a dungeon room, a traditional dungeon room, doesn't mean that's where it has to take place. A dungeon room with um, traps and spells and all that stuff can be Stonehenge. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's going to have the same effect. Yeah, absolutely. And there are a lot of people, you, and I'm guilty of this, why I'm on Reddit or I'm on Instagram or I'm watching a YouTube video or listening to a podcast and someone says, oh, I had this really cool idea for a trap and they spew it out and I go, eh, I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Be- and it's usually because there's one little strange mechanic involved with it that I didn't like, so I throw the whole damn thing out. Why are we not reworking that? Someone has done 90% of the work for you. Steal it, grab it, and write it down. This is me promoting Dan's way of DMing, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the You don't have to prep. Other people are, will prep for you, and all you yeah. have to do is steal their shit. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we call me the lazy DM, and really, I'm just the sticky fingered DM. Yeah. Like I've I've really dipped Did into you, that. Sorry, say that again. Sticky fingered. I thought you said stinky fingered, and I was going to ask some questions. <laughs> sticky fingered. Okay. Sticky sticky finger bandits, right? Uh, no, I I um, Home Alone. Anybody? Home uh, that was that was Home Alone Two. Home Alone Two. And lost it, in New York, and it was sticky bandits. Yeah. Oh well, whatever. Uh, but like. I will go and I will take these things. Tell him, man. <laughs> really, when it comes to any sort of media thing, I'm just going to rely that Adam and David, trust that Adam is stat right. block wet bandit. Write that down. Oh man, I'm gonna make a random encounter about a wet bandit now. Just no, you just have elemental themed bandits. Yeah. So there's a wet one. There's there's one that's like dirty and covered in dust. There's that's there's just, that's just your average bandit. There's one that is just stinky as all hell and it's just covered with this gas. And there's one that's literally on fire. <laughs> three of them are all give me the money! Give me the money! Give me the money now! That's, ah! that's so he he's going to set himself on fire. <laughs> he's the decoy in the middle of the road. <laughs> all right, you go out there and, and hold this alchemist fire. Like, when we tell you, pull the lid off. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> it's so great. Oh, we shouldn't laugh. Uh, anyways, so, so uh, yeah, I... I don't understand why people put in all these all this work into building these lists and tables and everything else where you could just oh man my party's going to be in a jungle for the next 3 weeks. Buds go to Tomb of Annihilation and steal their tables. Did you say buds? Yes. Buds. Uh <laughs> your Canada oh, showing. God. <laughs> yeah. Canada uh, like go to these different sources and take them. They're already prepped. They're already balanced because they're put together by the guys at Watsi. They're at least more balanced than anything you're going to put together when you're a new dm so use them why not absolutely and when you're not a new dm and you know your party well enough you can take it and rebalance it as necessary one of the tools that i use to rebalance against you guys um all of the time is i use two different numbers for health there's the average one that is in the book it says you know 79 health and then a bracket that says uh, 12 D10 plus 36 or whatever, right? Yeah. So what I do is is I do that maximum number. The 12 D10 plus 36 is 156. But I also have 79. If this is a hard encounter and you guys are having trouble with 79, that monster dies at 79. Yeah. However, if you just blow through it because your necromancer decided to to banish two of the creatures somewhere else and 
and uh, your fighter is shout out to Acra. Yeah, does whatever a fighter does, um, and has just like straight up crit nine times against yeah. something with its four hundred attacks, and suddenly this is the last monster standing. This one is a quote unquote champion, and I'm going to use the maximum amount of hit points. It just lets the monster live an extra two rounds. Yeah. And it also lets them probably get off one of their feature attacks. Yeah. Because the number of times that I would whip out this awesome monster that would rush forward and be dead by the time it dashed into combat, by the time its initiative comes back, it's dead. Yeah. And you guys never saw what it was. Oh, that's a scary horse thing. Uh, all right. I've, we ran into that a lot with the Demon Keep. You mm-hmm. guys were doing SWAT team yeah, through we 107 different rooms. Yeah. To- <laughs> My fighter crossbow expert just never went into the room. I was like, yeah. I, could, like I like to break stereotypes. And I was like, uh, I'm crossbow expert. I have three attacks. I will just ping ping and then just hide behind the door. That's what this Dan's doing right now with his character yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of shook that that's what Titus was. Yeah. A pop, little pop, bit. Pop. I'll stand out here. Yeah. And then I know like uh, the barbarian. So Jamie was like, you're a tank. Get in there. Uh, why would I do that? I can be heavily armored. Yeah, yeah but, but, but the problem is the Barbarian also was half sorcerer. So he's like, you're a tank, get in there. I'm the Barbarian, I'm going to shoot it with Fireball. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I, I'll be like, wow, that thing looks really scary. I'm going to go right to the back and lie down in my armor and just three attacks with my heavy crossbow from here. Yeah. So. Also in our current py- party, I'm the guy with the highest AC and the highest hit points, and I'm the gnome. And mm. you run away. From and I run day. away from nine... Well, I'm, but at the same time, Great I'm also leader. the one who has died semi-permanently the most. Sorry, mm. Terry. Sorry, uh, I like to get in there. And I'm, I'm the one who's had time, the most... I'm here for a good time, not a long time, Dan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and I'm the one who has the most status effects. So, like, I play this character as kind of a coward very intentionally because that's what the world has brought him to. <laughs> yes. Yes, you do. But uh, there's another thing that we that we stole ourselves, right? Dan said, I want to make a, a private investigator kind of character. Yeah. And and I turned to him immediately. I'm like, what are we talking? Are we talking Dick Tracy? Are we talking Humphrey Bogart? Murdoch Mysteries? Are, yeah. Like, what, nice reference. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like, what, which version are we talking about here? And and Dan's like, oh, we're, we're going to go Bogart the whole way. Yeah. So we sat down and we worked this. But we stole directly from these old, like, noir. noir. We wanted to go very noir with them. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 to the point where I have an animal companion that is a tree because he's Humphrey Bogart. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like a, or Bowgart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Who's is that? A- he's my he's my one ally that we purchased at the beginning of the game. I left in Carmenton and have never seen since because we haven't gone back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there and the other NPC that I purchased with these points at the beginning that Adam gave me is watching my plant. So I've got like. Eight points in... Excellent uh, use of resources there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that has been sitting inside of my character's hometown from day one. I have no idea what Mine doing. didn't even come into the game until I died, so... Yeah, that that was something that everybody did where they went and they grabbed NPCs. They, I And here's something that I picked. I'm sick and tired. Here's an adaptation that I make. I hate um, starting loot. Starting gold and your starting package. That's boring as hell to me. Mm-hmm. Give me a standard camp package... Mm-hmm. And give me the opportunity to get cool magic items. I'm playing D&D to get magic items. And Fifth Ed is supposed to be low magic item. Yeah. Right? I don't like that. I don't like it either. Um, I'm a big believer in not giving you a plus seven uh, item. Right? They don't need to be powerful magical items. But you should have a lot of them. I want to see you be creative as all hell with them. Right? So, um, so I come up with my own shopping list. And I wait. Is this five times more powerful than this? 
then it's going to be worth five points, and and the other one's going to be worth one. Yeah. yeah. Right. And here you have twenty seven points. Go shopping. Go nuts. Right. So that's uh that's one way that I've homebrewed shopping, which I <laughs> apparently is, I, I just I stole the idea of shopping and I said here you go. <laughs> But it's been to great effect. Everybody has really seemed to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. And every, and they've been they've been like highlights of the characters. Got to think as well. a lot as well. Yeah, yeah. And every single person, every person, I've done this now twice. Every person looks at me and goes, "I can't choose. Can I have both?" I'm like, no, you can, but you'll sacrifice this over here. No, <laughs> and it's a great big wine fest about it. Yeah. So no, I really wanted my dog. It was incredibly squishy. <laughs> yeah, but well, I really wanted the plant, and then I was like, "This thing's got an AC of Dog, twelve no and four hit points, and oh yeah, it's a tree. <laughs> I can't just be bringing this potted plant around." It, it was, a, it was an awakened shrub, and I love it because the, the theory is that it steps out on its roots, right, and then it picks up the pot that it, that it has it becomes it, a helmet. If he wears it as a helmet, he runs yes. around, and then he puts it down, and he jumps back in it, and freezes. And he camouflages a, a love it. plant. Yeah, so. yeah, I, I love this. And he's like complete. He was uh, originally a curse that hit, that I've fallen in the love necromancer with. will kill your plant first. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, nothing a little blight can't fix. So. <laughs> but but the point is though that I, I looked at the idea of D and D shopping and I went in early levels. They they say uh, here is all of these awesome items. Here are all these awesome weapons. Here's all these awesome magic. Items that exist in the DMG. And by the way, you have two gold. Let's play D&D and let me tell you what you can't have. Yeah. And I went, why are we doing this? Yeah. Right? Let's talk about what you can have and give you the options of choosing fun items. Yeah, you're still controlling of, your own fate. Yeah. And it's something that DM, the DM is prepared for. Yeah. You're prepared for all of those items to be used. Yeah, absolutely. But, I, and again, I'm, I'm stealing the idea and I'm just flipping it on its head. Hmm. Right? It didn't even occur to me right now that I had stole shopping. Whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> it works. We're not doing anything with it. All right, guys. Does anyone have any final points that they want to bring up? Um, players, feel free close? to go to your DMs and be like, hey, can, can we work something out here? Can we try to homebrew something? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times a lot of the weights put on DMs to do all of the homebrewing. And really, players, you're just as creative, just as motivated as your DMs. Let's... let's... Yeah, but don't be afraid to hear no. I mean, you're giving people a lot of permission... To have as much agency as possible, which is good, but they got to be ready to hear no because yeah, you're well, ultimately, ultimately it's the DM's call whether or not that's going to be in the campaign. Most right? most players, when given the opportunity to do whatever they want, will min max. Yeah, yeah, I like your idea, Adam, as well of just being like, "That's a great idea. Let's just hold on to it. Just wait and see." Yeah, that's a you that's know. a tier three idea. We'll yeah. come back to it in tier three. Yeah, we'll come back to it. Yeah, yeah I would agree with that. Um, yeah, I would. Uh, my <laughs> my big caution is. Um, uh, as much as I said, steal monsters, steal items, steal powers and spells from other games and whatnot. Don't steal character classes or subclasses or prestige classes. You're going to imbalance your game so quickly. And there's probably something relevant out there in the fifth ed material, whether it's Player's Handbook or Xanathar's or uh, Sword Coast Adventures Guide or Dungeon Master Guide has a couple of classes and races. In it's it. easier, I think, to create a background with your DM. Which, yeah. it's, which you can add on to one of the existing classes, uh, which will flavor it and, and, you know, give you a couple of perks probably, but uh, without throwing off the balance of the entire game. Yeah, but if, if you're going, if you want to play a Scald, for example, from, um, Pathfinder. from Pathfinder, a Scald is half Barbarian, half Bard. Yeah. 
uh, you got College of Valor. You got College of Swords. You've got like there's some options there. Yeah. Right. You can have War Cries. You can you yeah. can multi class. I mean, let's just say that. Yeah. Don't. We're saying steal. Um, and we're and we're pretty much saying steal whatever you want. Just don't steal this. Um, I would really caution against stealing, and and even making homebrew uh, classes and subclasses. Everyone that I've seen online, I've disagreed with. To mm. some degree. Yep. So. Yep. I would agree. All Jerry, right. any final thoughts from me? No final thoughts from me, actually, on that. I covered everything that I would like to cover in this episode. But if you guys are done, uh, I would just like to throw out the opportunity to everybody. We, we Even though we joke, we do like to hear from you and your opinions, which I will undoubtedly ignore, I'm sure. Uh, but the other two like to listen to them. And if you have any questions, don't we'll be We'll validate your opinions. <laughs> yeah, they'll validate your opinions. Uh, you, you can send them out to us. Um, you have us on Instagram. Uh, you can reach me at sendnoobsdnd. You can reach Adam at... Rusty Styrofoam. And you can reach Dan at Oscar the Orc. And we will see you next time on It's a Mimic. Roll that music. Thank you for listening to It's a Mimic. Check us out online at itsamimic.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have questions you would like answered by the guys on the show? Send them an email to itsamimic at gmail.com. Tune in every Tuesday for more. Dave. Dave. David, roll the music, David. Damn it. Dave! You're fired.